by 2027, yeah. if all the batteries and all that stuff from the vehicle aren't made in the U.S., yeah. you don't get no credit, bro. No, yeah, really? It has to be made in the U.S. Okay. So in 2027, if you have uh, a Rivian that's made entirely in the U.S., you're good. If you've got a Ford with parts like batteries manufactured in China, yeah. not so much. Okay. You don't get the credit. Don't get the credit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of this is is it's unnecessarily nuanced. This is the part that blows me away. Like I was like, okay, so we dove into this level of detail and nuance for a fucking car credit, right? But then you're giving the IRS like a forty-five billion dollar have a good fucking day enforcement check. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra-premium, unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama, and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. There are no gurus here, and no one gives a damn about how wealthy you look. I'm an attorney and a banker, amongst other things. Does that mean you should listen to me? Hell no. This is just full disclosure that while we talk about money, wealth, law, investing, and a lot of related topics, you should always speak to your own advisors for an opinion tailored to your unique investment perspective. I am obligated to tell you that nothing contained in this show is in fact legal or investment advice and is being provided solely for entertainment purposes. So sit back, Relax your mind and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard. It's the higher standard. Need all the help you can get. I do not need all We're recording. Yeah, okay. Need I know. They need minutes. to know they you need all the help. Jesus. Yeah. This is the higher standard. I'm Chris. That's Saeed. Hi, everybody. There you go. And uh, Saeed and I were just debating the merits of the value of me reading you some quotes as it relates to inflation, because the new CPI number came out and it ticked down from 9.1% to 8.5%. Right. And they were projecting what 8.7%, right? 8.7% was projected. Mm-hmm. Came down a little bit lower than that. I instantly dove into it because my knee-jerk reaction was to call bullshit. And that's just, I mean, that's the same way I felt about the unemployment number. And obviously, after this Inflation Reduction Act, I was already pissed off. Right. So I took the liberty of looking up some economist perspectives when they when they originally uh, started kind of posting their commentary. And we are we aren't economists. No, we are sure as shit not economists. Okay, okay. Actually, I've never heard an economist go off on a visceral, expletive filled rage, which is yeah. kind of sad when you think about it. You would think an economist would have a little bit more. They should be, yeah. right? You should yeah. be. You should be pissed off, right? You, you, they all know better. You think, but they don't. So, nonetheless, here we are. Three quotes. They're long. Saeed doesn't want me to read them. Good thing Saeed doesn't tell me what to do. <laughs> Inflation softened more than expected after months of upside surprises, led primarily by weaker core price pressures. This was driven by deflation in used cars, airline fares, and lodging, while shelter inflation held firm. Although the move is in the right direction, it is too early to say if the trend will be sustained. Today's inflation report increased the probability of a 50 basis point hike at the September meeting, which remains our baseline. However, a 75 basis point hike remains on the table, given that the Fed will have several more data points in hand, including new employment and CPI reports before the decision. This is from Pooja Sram or something like that from the U.S. Is it U.S. economist at Barclays Investment Bank? Right. I like that opinion because I thought that it was somewhat neutral in that the, the jobs report came out and being 
a tick down from 3.6 to 3.5%. Everybody was like, okay, well, this really shows the strength of the labor market. And we've always called that a lagging indicator. But I felt that was a really bad thing because the Fed would be more hawkish on their fiscal plan. And they're basically saying, well, if the next report comes out, and this is why we're saying the Fed was lucky. Right. They have two two months. That they still get the, re- the jobs report and the next CPI report. Right. So any of this stuff could really change whether we think it's 75 or 50 basis points. If you recall, we thought... You know, there was a potential for 100 basis points on, on the second yeah. increase because of all the data and the things that had changed. So I, I don't necessarily think that we're, we're anywhere near galvanized. I think both options are still on the table. I, I agree. Um, but this is the first inflation report that we got that shows a decline in the year-over-year gains that we saw. This is really talking about a, a rate of increase getting slower. That is not the same thing as... Deceleration. Right. This is not yeah. the same thing as prices falling and not deflation. Yeah, so as we go into some of these other quotes here and then kind of the research that I dove into as a result of, of some of these com- the comments here, I, I think it becomes pretty clear that things are actually not better. Right. That there's some seasonality here that hasn't really been taken into account. Yeah. I don't think the, anything's changing. I think the, the Fed's still, you can definitely still project that the Fed is going to continue to raise hikes, you know? Um, and I now it's just argue- a question of 50 to 75 based on this report, but a lot can change. Because we saw, you know, commodities were down 20% in Q2. <laughs> Your legs are very hairy. Yeah. I'm just looking at them. They are you hairy. You think about shaving those? Uh, uh, no. You should. I'm a man. I got laser hair move. No. The best decision yeah, I ever made. Why? Because you don't have sweaty, like, hairy, hamburger-looking legs like you do right now. Come on, man. These are, these are beautiful it's legs. Not, that's not good. Look. All right. Let's go on to the quotes here. I think there's more information that will give me a good segue into us having a little bit more thought on what you just said. The second quote that Saeed did not want me to read because he's an asshole. The July CPI report might be the first clear indication that consumers are pushing back against high inflation in response to the tighter monetary policy. It's a sign that inflation is close to peaking, though the climb down the mountain will be slow due to rising wages and rents. The report will go some way to offset the impact of the strong July jobs report in the Fed's eyes, though the policymakers will need to see more convincing evidence that inflation is heading towards the 2% target. The Fed will see one more jobs report and another CPI release before the September 20th to 21st meeting. For now, we lean toward a 50 basis point rate hike in the face of weaker economic data and some moderation in consumers' long-run inflation expectations. This is from Sal. I can't say his last name either. He's a senior economist at BMO Capital Markets. So you, yeah. you were to look, you were looking yeah, to see I was like, spell it. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> no, 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 if no, I say not, I can't spell it. It's not happening. Go, uh, good, good Terry. G-U-A... Guattieri. 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 I ain't yeah, 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 probably yeah. Italian. Whatever. Nonetheless, okay, so here you have a guy kind of echoing the first one. So I thought, okay, so maybe there's some... Everybody's kind of playing the, well, there's more data to come card. I respect that as an economist because I think that they're, they're really saying the Fed, if they had to act right now, we don't know what they would do, but we certainly know there's going to be more data coming. So why would we speculate on what they're going to do until we get a little bit more right. down the road? All this is reactionary. All this is reactionary. There are people who are taking a pretty staunch or harsh stance on the, they're going to take 50 basis points. It's not going to be more than that. So they told everybody it was going to be. Uh, and I, I was kind of feeling a little weird here because it was th- this point when I started looking at the data that I started to realize that there's implications that are happening that. The one area that needs to move, home prices, yeah, hasn't moved significantly yet. Yeah, not enough. And then I had this weird, like, flash nightmare to daydreaming kind of thing to Dave Ramsey, <laughs> basically calling me his bitch and telling yeah. me he was right. Ah, and I, t- ah, I told you so. Like, yeah, I've been in the business for forty-four years. I know yeah. everything. Yeah, that, I, yeah. I just it was. So I, I kept reading, and then I got to a point where I thought, okay, wait a minute. 
some of these numbers are actually not good. They're really bad. Mm-hmm. But, but we're looking at an aggregate number and we're looking at headlines. And if you look at the headlines on a lot of things like the Inflation Reduction Act, it sounds like it's super helpful to you, the consumer, to meet everybody else. Oh, yeah. But it's not. Mm-mm. So this next quote is what really tipped me off and said, OK, I'm going to start diving into some things and look at them specifically under the inflation category. Mm-hmm. While the headlines the headline inflation data today moderated a bit on the back of falling gasoline prices. Remember that. That'll come back. It's still running at a worryingly high rate. Over time, we think the slowdown in economic growth globally, the continuation of the Fed's res- Federal Reserve's assertion. <laughs> I see you, every time yeah. I have to read it in front of you, I get nervous. <laughs> I think it's the hairy legs. Yeah. The continuation of the Federal Reserve's assertion. Uh, as fuck, assertive hiking cycle uh, and the possibility, Jesus Christ, and the possibility bad. of resolution. Thank you, Thank you for stepping with in. several persistent supply chain issues should influence broad inflation lower. Still, while core PCE inflation, the Fed's favored measure, is likely to moderate in the last week's strong labor market data and perhaps especially the still solid wage gains, places. Fed policymakers firmly on the path toward continuation of aggressive tightening. Indeed, we believe it's quite likely that the FOMC will raise policy rates another 75 basis points at the September 21st meeting, the third such substantial hike in a row. This is from Rick Reeder, BlackRock's chief investment officer of Global Fixed Income and head of the BlackRock Global Allocation Investment Team. Right. And clearly, I need to go back and watch Reading Rainbow or some shit. And yeah, I'm Hooked just, on Phonics or something. Hooked on Phonics. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm the worst attorney ever. Yeah. I do this when I read it myself, too. That's the worst fucking part. Yeah, exactly. Because I'll be in my office going, blah, 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 blah. And it's, yeah, I it's mean, not in good. his defense, it is small. All right. All right. So let, let's, let's get back on target before thickness here takes us off. Two to three percent, that's the target rate for Fed funds. We are way off that right, right. now. Right. I'm sorry, target rate for Fed funds. How are you going to let me say stupid shit? Two to three percent is the target rate for inflation that they're trying to get down. That they're trying to increase Fed funds to battle and get us to. We are far off from that right now. Even at eight point five percent, we are still effectively three times that. Right. We got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. So with that, the oil, the falling gasoline prices really kind of tipped me off and made me want to go down a, a bit of a a path. And I thought to myself, well, you know what? I haven't seen. Mm. I haven't actually seen any of the information from. The Bureau of Labor Statistics. Statistics. Oh, okay. Have you, have you seen any of that stuff? On gas prices? On, uh, on just, on everything. Have, uh, have you seen yeah. anything on the... I, yeah, I got something here for, um, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, basically on um, food prices going up. Oh, good. What do you got? Because this, this actually falls right in line with, with what I'm going with. Okay, so according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, cereals and bakery products are up 15%. <laughs> yeah. Meats, poultry, and fish, and eggs up 10.9%. Dairy-related products up 14.9%. And fruits and vegetables up 14.9%. These are all year-over-year figures. The highest increase was actually from eggs, if you single it out. It's 38% increases. From June, that was 4.3%. So from June, 43 to now July 38 but some people are saying that's like weather-related. So weather and seasonality are going to play a big issue. So what I'm going to read is the actual CPI index summary from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Mm-hmm. More reading than Sai didn't want me to do because he's a dick. Yeah. But that being said, I got the headline. You got the headline, 8.5% inflation down. And then I'm like, okay, well, what about oil price and everything else? And then I'm like, well, let me just see what this says because I don't really know what the actual Bureau of Labor Statistics said themselves. I just know everybody else is reporting on it. Okay. This is a very different story when you read it. Ready? Okay. 
I'm going to actually try to read again. So okay. Bear, <laughs> Good. Bear Good with luck. Me. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. The Consumer Price Index for all urban consumers, CPIU, was unchanged in July on a seasonally adjusted basis after rising 1.3% in June. The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics reported today. Over the last 12 months, the all items index increased 8.5% before a seasonal adjustment. That's the CPI number that everybody's referring to. However, right. Gasoline index fell 7.7% in July and offset increases in the food and shelter indices, which you just referenced, resulting in all in the all items index being unchanged over the month. Right. The energy index fell 4.6% over the month as the indices for gasoline and natural gas declined, but the index for electricity increased. The food index continued to rise, increasing 1.1% over the month as the food at home index rose 1.3%. This is where I think perspective kicks in. Okay. The index for all items, less food and energy, rose 0.3% in July, a smaller increase than in April, May, or June. The indices for shelter, medical care, motor vehicle insurance, household furnishings, and operations, new vehicles, and recreation were among those that increased over the month. There were some indices that declined in July, including those for airline fares, used cars and trucks, communication, and apparel. The all items index increased 8.5% for the 12 months ending July, a smaller figure than the 9.1% increase from the previous period ending in June, the CPI number. The all items less food and energy index rose 5.9% over the last 12 months. The energy index increased 32.9% for the 12 month ending in July, a smaller increase than the 41.6% increase for the period ending in June. Right. The food index increased 10.9% over the last year, the largest 12-month increase in the period ending May 1979. Food is that much more expensive. Right. I mean, I feel like we just threw a lot of percentages out. A lot of numbers, baby. A lot of people, and I'm sure people can't, weren't able to follow along. Let me me paraphrase. But yeah, paraphrase. Okay, so clearly energy is leading the way in what was our inflationary numbers, Okay. Energy has gone down significantly. We've always known that's a big part of CPI. So is housing costs. And I don't think we've seen housing costs come down enough to really drag CPI down. The reason why this is important is actually something that I don't have to tell you because a smarter man than me once said that. So let me see if I can find the proper quote. Here we go. Jerome Powell. Our boy. Our boy. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell said in his semi-annual testimony before the U.S. Senate Banking Committee in March of 2022 that as a rule of thumb, Every $10 per barrel increase in the price of crude oil raises inflation by about 0.2%. And that sets back the economic growth about 0.1%. We are down from a high of around $105 a barrel currently right now. I don't know if you've seen the oil price. I think crude oil today is around 91 bucks. Right. It's under 92. So that in and of itself would account for at least half, if not more, of the reported change in inflation from 9.1% down to the current 8.5%. Yeah, I mean, I so I have I have friends and family that are messaging me telling me how excited they are about gas prices coming down. Some people are getting around five dollars, right? You know, yeah. for eighty-seven or whatever. But I mean, so national averages for gas falls to around four dollars a gallon. That's one more dollar than a year ago, but one less dollar than two months ago, right? And I'm like, I'm trying to think about well, how, how much savings are we talking about here, right? You would save $10 driving from Los Angeles to Lake Tahoe. Not a, not a huge savings. Not no. a huge savings. But 
I do think on the aggregate for, for most Americans, that is what really drove inflation down. And I think that a lot of the oil companies, and they've been known to do this. This is not conspiracy right. theory. This is just well-known fact. During the summer months, when people travel more, they gouge a little bit. And they knew they knew that the last, last summer we had a head fake and people couldn't actually go out and physically travel because there was a resurgence of COVID. Right. And this was the first travel time. So mm -hmm. everybody was banging out. Hospitality is one of those industries that hired a shit ton of people. Recreation is one of those industries that hired a shit ton of people, which you know kind of bolstered that that unemployment number. Yeah, those are not full time. Those are those are jobs that are going to go away. Yeah, and you can already see, given that you've seen airline fares and all the things that are travel related in the CPI information that the, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics gave us. Right, those numbers are already coming down as far as their impacts. Right, yeah. so the inflationary numbers as it relates to them, that's what's dragging the inflation down is is travel is oil. So I I went and looked at the personal consumption expenditures, the PCE price index, excluding Food and energy. Okay. Right? right. So that, that's, that's your oil and that's your food. The two and, this, two and, that this, went and this is the reason why the um, they like to look at this report or right. the CPI. So monthly inflation was flat. Monthly inflation was flat in July. Mm -hmm. No change. No change at all. When you when you look at that particular indices. And you can't see the, the chart that Said and I are looking at, but effectively it's not a gain or a loss. Right. And this is a net up or down yeah. from the previous month. Right. So effectively what this is telling us is there hasn't been any real significant change in the overall inflation, although the, the things that are rising in, in actual cost to us, the consumer, are changing. Right. Exactly. It's effectively the same, but the biggest drag on that CPI number is energy and oil, and that has ticked down slightly during the now off season starting. Right. So do I see a whole lot of progress here? Do I see like benefits? No. no. I mean, they have enough here. And if it continues on for another month, I guess they can justify a 50 basis point hike. But I still believe that a 75 basis point hike is what's needed. I still do too. I think that's going to be one of those things that's going to be very controversial. I think once we get more data, it'll be easier for us to make that prediction. So I'm even putting an asterisk on that as not an official prediction as of right now. Right. So I wanted to see how far. I mean, if the Fed gets more data, we get more data too. You're goddamn right we do. Damn right. Damn right. You would never like laser your legs ever? No. Never. <laughs> never. Now, what if I paid you to I'll do be it? honest. I'm going to give you a little backstory. I have laser in my back and that shit came back with a vengeance. <laughs> Se oh, seven right. cycles. You did seven back and it came back? Yeah, came back. A lot thinner though, but came back. Really? I had yeah. mine laser years ago. You must have had a lot of back hair though. You must have been a hairy son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was made for the wilderness. Were you that guy? Yeah, I was made for the wilderness. You were the guy baby. that takes off his shirt. I'm the guy and that, goes, that can hey, survive God. those shows, you know, naked and afraid. That's me. I, I would survive. Because you're not really naked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I am a bear. You know, there's a whole <laughs> underlying sexual connotation to that, right? Yeah, no. Okay, I, yeah. just, we'll skip that topic for now. Let's not get canceled this early. Let's get to episode <laughs> 200 and we'll figure that out. All right. So uh, a headline from Time Magazine, summer gasoline demand in the U.S. drops below pandemic levels. This is what really put it in perspective for me. So if you didn't get any of those numbers and you're like driving, you're like, hey, fuck these guys and their hairy leg conversation. That's fine. This is the one you want to take home. Americans are officially driving less than they did in the summer of 2020 when the pandemic travel restrictions all but halted movement. That's how much less travel right. is going Think on right now. Yeah, when people were afraid to go anywhere. And you couldn't go anywhere. And you couldn't go anywhere. Everywhere was closed. They were traveling more than they are right now. Yeah, exactly. So if you wonder why gas prices are coming down and there's some seasonality, and this is why. They're trying to sell gasoline to less people. It's a supply and demand argument at its core. And guess what? There's not as many people traveling. And because of that, gas prices are coming down. But this is not because of inflation. This is a business decision. Right. And I don't think that's been talked about much. I mean, I, I personally didn't know that this market, they used to, they've gouged prices like this in the past. 
So oh, yeah, this that's, is, that's this, a known yeah, thing yeah. the oil industry has done. The oil, you never notice that during the summers, gas prices always have this weird thing of rising. It's right. very few summers that I can recall off the top of my head where gas prices actually went down significantly because the demand just creeps up. Oh, man, it hurts so much more now that I have a Jeep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, there's a whole, I can go off on a whole tangent about the... You go off on a tangent? Stop, man. That's very hurtful. Yeah, that's right. It was meant it's, to be. Was it really? Good <laughs> yeah. job. It's very good job. I just want you to know you look extra fat today. So the Inflation Reduction Act has a whole carve out for electric vehicles that oh. I thought was like sensational and good. Oh, you want to go there? Let's go there. I, I'm not even sure I want to leave this inflation conversation alone. I know because we, we talked about it on the last episode, but we want to keep diving into this. Well, because I dove into details, and the details are really fucked up. Oh man, some of these details. I mean, strap in. It's about to get fucked up. It's about, there's a lot of sexual shit coming. When Wait, I say you're, it, you're thinking about yeah, too much sexual shit. In, it's like uh, you're a bear. Oh, oh, come there's on. a whole thing Stop going it. on here, bro. If you want to talk we about need it off HR, the air, we, I need an HR department we, to come complain too. We, we, we need HR hire an HR department. This show would have never happened if we had an HR department. Let me tell you right now, Fuzzy. <laughs> fuzzy Wuzzy was a bear. Fuzzy Wuzzy had a whole lot of hair. Yeah. All right. The Inflation Reduction Act. This was an email I got, which sent me on another. I don't get any work done because of shit like this happens to me in my day, right? <laughs> the Inflation Reduction Act may soon become law. This is the title of the email that I got from Rivian. Gonna happen. For all those who out, yeah, it's sadly that there doesn't seem to be any political backstop to this. Well, they like have enough votes for it to pass in the house, so it's done. That's exactly what I just said. There's no political backstop to this yeah, happening. Yeah, are you yeah, even yeah, listening yeah, to the yeah, goddamn yeah. show, Saeed? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm excited for this conversation. You are excited for this conversation. Yeah. You hold your bottle of water. <laughs> uh, all right. So, from Rivian, I've got a vehicle on order. I've had it on order for some time. I got the the, uh, the price before prices went up due to, quote, inflation. And I got an email today, and I'm like, great. This is another inflationary conversation. But it actually was a really proactive, cool thing. So, they basically said, what I'm going to read to you. And they offered us to take a certain portion of our $1,000 deposit, 100 bucks, and make it non-refundable to actually have a physical contract right now to purchase a vehicle with the specs so that we can circumvent what I'm about to read and the changes in the law. Very cool. Very cool. So they're actually hooking the consumer up with the guaranteed 7500 I mean, to be on top of it right now so early, like... You know what I mean? That's pretty. That's that's pretty cool. God damn it, Saeed. Strap in on top of it so early. The whole oh like, my god. Like, you just can't <laughs> control yourself you, tonight. You can't. Help I'm yourself. the one on testosterone. Yeah, you're, yeah. That's all you can think about. God damn. Damn. Man. I know I look just sexy. Trying to keep it PG. Man. I know we, I look sexy. We could but have a on. potential sponsor listening to the show. Who unless they're a sex toy manufacturer, we got nothing. I mean, we're sure. we're willing to listen. All right. Once signed into law, the Inflation Reduction Act will add new restrictions to buyers' ability or eligibility to receive the $7,500 IRC 30D federal EV tax credit. Under these new restrictions, an electric pickup truck or SUV must be priced below $80,000. There's a lower limit for uh, non-SUVs for, for uh, consumer uh, passenger vehicles. Mm-hmm. And the buyer must fall below certain income thresholds to qualify. Fortunately, buyers who have a written binding contract to purchase a qualified EV before the Inflation Reduction Act becomes law will be able to apply under the current IRC-30D tax credit requirements for that $7,500. Right. So I went down a little bit the rabbit hole. And before you go off, I know you're eager. I can see you popping away in your fingers there. (laughs) Additionally, the credit would be unavailable to single tax filers with modified adjusted gross incomes above $150,000. If you make $150,000 in this country, And you're buying a vehicle that's, I don't know, any kind of range on it, mm-hmm. Tesla, uh, Rivian, whatever you want to buy. Yeah, GM. It's going to be 80 grand, bro. That's, what I, that's, that's one of the things I wanted to say because remember, I was in the market looking for a car and um, 
the next model up from the Model 3 was the Model Y. Okay? Starting, bro, 70 grand. And that's the low range. Yeah. And you, you really, so we have the lower range Tesla. We have the, the one, it's supposed to have 240 miles or whatever yeah. range. But when you put the, the limiter on for battery reservation purposes, you wind up getting about 200 miles out of it. Yeah. So it's, unless you're getting a Model 3, like this isn't going to apply for you. It, it really sucks. So there's a reduced one you can get for married couples finally joining that, that income would be 300,000. And for individuals who have a head of households, 225,000. This is very narrowly tailored. This is not. So the, the worst part about this whole thing for me is not only was a consumer fooled with the, the title Inflation Reduction Act. Mm-hmm. But they're also getting bamboozled on the idea that they're getting these benefits because there's there's these little asterisks here. Right. It's a total shit show. Total shit show. So, I mean, you also get, I believe, uh, you also get a $4,000 tax credit for a used uh, EV vehicle. Yeah, they added the used one, which yeah. to me, I don't, I don't know why we didn't have that in the first place. So, that, that, that kind of right. makes sense. I'm not saying this whole thing is logical. I'm just saying that was the one part that I was like, okay, that, that makes some sense. Exactly. But, like, so the I looked it up. The average price of an EV vehicle in the United States is 66 grand. Wow, is it really? That's the average price. Average price, yeah. Yeah. That's not good. That's not good. I mean, not a lot, unless you're getting, I don't know what you're getting, but. Well, and that, keep in mind, too, that that's, that's both SUVs, trucks, and passenger vehicles. Yeah. So the lower threshold for passenger vehicles, even though that's somewhat below it, mm-hmm. is probably not going to. Right, not gonna get there. So you're probably gonna get some American-made stuff. Oh, that was the other part of this too. I don't know if you noticed. I, I didn't write it down, but I remember reading it. By 2027, yeah. If all the batteries and all that stuff from the U- vehicle aren't made in the U.S., yeah, you don't get no credit, bro. No, yeah, really, it has to be made in the U.S. Okay. So in 2027, if you have uh, a Rivian that's made entirely in the U.S., you're good. If you've got a Ford with parts like batteries manufactured in China, yeah, not so much. Okay. You don't get the credit. Don't get the credit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so a lot of this is is it's unnecessarily nuanced. This is the part that blows me away. Like I was like, okay, so we could dove into this level of detail and nuance for a fucking car credit, right? But then you're giving the IRS like a forty five billion dollar have a good fucking day enforcement that a, check. That was a beautiful segue. I did good job. Yeah, right yeah, 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 the yeah, best. There you go. The best. Yeah. <laughs> so I dove in deeper. So if you listen to our last episode, uh, Chris started sweating because of the IRS audits, like profusely. Right? It was yeah, disgusting. yeah, exactly. So. I guess this isn't even a, pre- a prediction. They spelled it out. The audits will be targeting people making under 200 grand. Wait, that's a real thing? That they, they spelled it out in the act. Okay, I got, there's nobody else listening. It's just you and me. Just you and I. This might be fucked up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's going to be their primary focus. As long so as it's not me, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, fucked up, though. I mean, how so, fucked up so, is that? So not only are you hitting people with inflation. So you're not going after the wealthy. You're giving, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're giving yeah. them the runaround on this whole like tax credit. And now you're going to audit everybody. How make fucked up is that? Okay. All right. Now, here you go. More reasons why this isn't in inflation. There's more besides oh, that? Uh, Jesus. Not, not, with the, not with the IRS, though, but more about, that, more about the act. So more reasons why this isn't an inflation reduction act. Uh, don't fall. I literally me. almost <laughs> fell off my chair. <laughs> that's, 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 that's terrible. Okay. So... Uh, Based on the on the act, Medicare will now be able to negotiate prescription drugs. That's what they say, right? Yeah, yeah. Should be able to make it more affordable for people. But did you know? Come on, there's an asterisk here too. This is fucked up. Everything. The negotiations are going to begin four years from now. Yes, I did know that. Yeah, in 2026. Yeah, 2026. So all that stuff that's happening right now. Oh, so the inflation reduction in four years from now. Well, that, that's why we read that Wharton study. They yeah. were like, oh, this is not going to have any immediate impact besides actually increasing inflation yeah. because the near-term the near term implications aren't really helping anybody. So right. a lot of the benefits 
Yeah. Like getting batteries made in the US, 2027. Yep. Getting negotiation for prescriptions, prescriptions, 2026. There's a couple other that are 2025 as well in there. Right. So they're going to be able to negotiate 10 drugs initially uh, in Viagra, 2026. Baby, negotiate. Right? <laughs> yeah, this yeah. bear over here is yeah. eager to get it. And then they're going to increase it to 20 drugs by 2029. I know. I, know. I mean, I mean, if insulin is not one of the first ten, like somebody, be, somebody I should mean, be slapped. Yeah, right, exactly. And then they also dove into the stock market buyback program, one percent tax on all that. Yeah, and I, here's the weird thing: is companies don't have to buy back their stock. Mm-hmm. That that this is like, so what we're basically doing is you're de incentivizing companies to show strength in in their own decision making. So right. The, the, the buyback program really just protects the shareholders. It takes out some of the circulating stock from the market and shows that they have not only the belief in their own, frankly, their business, but it also gives them a tax-free benefit. Right. The shareholder. Right. Right? This isn't necessarily a bad thing for the consumer to allow. So what are we really doing here? Right. You're just de-incentivizing something that helps well, so everybody else. You're also, so this whole thing, they're structuring it as it being inflation reduction, right? Okay, so we're giving the IRS. But how does that reduce inflation? I know, but so that's my point. So like they're, they're going to give the IRS oh, more money. Point? Yeah, they're going to give the IRS more money to, to more audit money. more people. And it's, they're oh. assuming they're going to be able to come up with more money. It's an assumption. Oh, no, the IRS has already said they can get like $200 billion. That, but that's a projection. That, what if they come back and only get $50 billion? You know what the worst part about that is? So, I mean, there's no inflation reduction. Is it, the effect of that, that, that prediction is, you know, if we had more people, we could catch the assholes that we know lie. Right. And, and how about this? So, you're telling me, so you put this 1% uh, tax fee on stock buybacks. I mean, these are some savvy-ass motherfuckers. You don't think they're going to find other loopholes? Oh, of course. Okay, so, so that's cor- not really doing anything. So this, is, projections- this is the more, Yeah, and this, this is where it really, I, I mean, I could go off on a, on a long tangent for this. It would take us longer than 40 minutes to get through it. But you and I have seen this firsthand. The more successful people have access to more sophisticated attorneys and tax attorneys and CPAs and whatnot. Right. And because of that, they have more sophisticated tax strategies. Yeah. And it just increases increases with wealth. Right. So that generally means that people who should be paying more in taxes have more sophisticated structures to avoid taxes and wind up vis-a-vis these structures paying less taxes. Right. So corporations are no different than the wealthy individuals who fall in that same category. Right. Larger corporations have more tax expertise. They can spend more money to do things like, I don't know, Google offshoring a lot of their money in Ireland and paying zero taxes. They do that? Yeah, you did not? Yeah, no. Of course Ireland I did. is a massive no, I did, tax yeah, shelter. Yeah, you didn't yeah, know that? Did don't that, act like yeah, you knew. Come you on, I knew that. Yeah, I did know that. Come on. Yeah. All right, fine. Well, nonetheless, but they do stuff like that and and they completely eviscerate the the tax situation for themselves and and, and take more money. This is no different than people moving to Texas for what they seem are you know perceived benefits. If you're in California, you live in a modest home and you go to Texas and you continue to buy a modest home and say the same price, Mm -hmm. yeah, sure, your property taxes go up, but you're gonna say what, 13%-ish? Mm-hmm. on your tax rate from california that that depending yeah. on your salary that, your that would make sense yeah. yeah yeah so why so consumers do this all the time why do we not expect companies to look at this and go ha, 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 my cpa will get around this just give me a couple no years. i mean they definitely expect it and i mean it, you're a fool if you don't know that this tax code so was the not only re- this- person who's going to be disadvantaged are these the consumers who make two hundred thousand dollars a year or yes. less yeah who the, don't the, know their tax the strategies masses. Yeah. yeah the masses get fucked yeah always that's the name of the game come on man we know this with an inflation reduction act. And then they're over there celebrating Kamala Harris clapping. Look what I did. 
Yeah, man, I'm not a I'm not a Kamala Harris. See, I hate getting political, but we're not going to go there again. But I mean, it's I just don't like her. I don't. I, we don't like politics in general. It's not that I don't it's like. Not, it's not. We're not. We're not a party thing. It's just. It's all so slimy, and I don't know. Can't get into it. And I was a political science major. And I had to bow out. This is the second time you said that. You didn't bow out of political science. You love this shit. No, I didn't. I mean, I, when I was when I was going to school political science at the time, it was right after nine eleven. So you can imagine all the mm-hmm. things that were getting passed back then. It was a very interesting time. Yeah, it was. It was too because it kind of unified a lot of the political beliefs because everybody had like a common objective at that point in time. I feel like we don't have that anymore. Right. Like there's no common objective. The Dems clearly did this so they can get a win on the table. So when they go into the midterms, the Dems are the favored party because they did so much for the consumer, but so much was buried in this act. And I, I'll make I'll make this prediction now. I know that during the midterms and certainly during 2023 and the election run up right. 2024, we're gonna see so much of a breakdown of why this particular act is terrible. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna see the reverberations in inflation. Right. If our supposition is correct, and I, I think that we have some some fair degree of, of data points to point to here, we're going to see inflation moderate down a little bit, but not significantly. Okay. And we're not going to. And if the realtors are right out there, and home values are not going to go down, that's a huge part of inflation. Right. Energy and home values, mm-hmm. shelter. Right. If that doesn't come down, what's the Fed going to do? That's the funny thing about this whole polarizing argument of you know supply and demand and real estate values are going to go down. Okay, if that's true, everybody, right? Inflation is never going to get to the two to three percent target. Yeah, and and we it needs to get there. It needs to get there, and so and the other thing that people point to is well, the labor market's strong and unemployment. If unemployment doesn't go up, Mm -hmm. you don't get to a two to three percent inflationary target rate. Yeah, the labor market is strong, but it's also too strong towards unhealthy too. Absolutely, It's it's not sustainable. It needs to. What 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 would you consider as a healthy? Uh, unemployment rate around four to five percent uh, i'd say five to six but yeah five to six okay and right now we're at you know anywhere between two to three where uh, are we at for, do you know two to three for what uh, unemployment rate 3.5 percent 3.5 percent there you go so i mean you really it's not a, know no i mean i knew it was three percent i knew it went yeah, up another from example two, of saying not listening to our own show uh, <laughs> do you even do you even care it about went this up job two. <laughs> do you want to be here yes yeah, you're sweating now. All that purring that helping you land. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't fall back. I'm, I, I know. I almost fell off my ass. It's all good, though. So, I don't know, man. I look at all this stuff, and I think to myself that there's there's so much going on commentary-wise that we're so polarized. I don't, did I tell you about that post that I made today about Andrew Tate? No, tell me about it. Oh, man. So, I'm not endorsing him in any way, shape, or form. No. And I'm not saying that anything that he says is good or bad. Yeah, But I posted a quick, I think it was less than 30 second reel to social media talking about how whether you love him or hate him, whether mm-hmm. you agree with his commentary or don't agree with him, I don't care. Right. You have to acknowledge that a man who seemingly came from nowhere, who has now surpassed the Kardashians as the number one searched man on the internet. Right. And he did it essentially with free marketing and free PR for other people promoting him because he's so polarizing. Everybody's talking about what he's doing. And some people have made the statement that he you know, took a, uh, you know, some notes from Trump's playbook and he's, he's, he's using the same rhetoric. Some people have said that, that he's saying these inappropriate things and you know, the outrage is, is, should get him count, canceled. And, and I don't really know one way or the other. I mean, well, who's going to cancel him? Well, he's in Romania. Yeah. How, how you, how you yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, this, I mean, speaking just like first, firsthand experience, I have no social media. I don't know how the hell I even know about this guy. Okay. Mm. Like the only thing that I have that I guess is kind of tuned in is YouTube. Right. Why is this guy, well, I don't watch anything like this. He's 
all over my algorithm. So I found this out. Um, a, a really, really well-known social media manager who's really steeped in the space. She, she and I had a conversation about it. She was telling me that at first she thought it was bots. So she just blocked certain accounts because when it shows up in your algorithm and your feed, yeah. you may have looked at like one of his posts. Mm -hmm. Some of the bot accounts will get in there. The algorithm will pick it up and put it in there. And it, right. it's, it's kind of a really frustrating thing. So she's like, I just blocked those accounts and started not looking at it, looked at other things. Right. Same thing, you know, you do when you look at hot models on your I, Instagram I, account I, that you don't have. What are those? Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, she was like, well, he kept popping up. Yeah. So it turns out his Hustler University, which people pay like 50 bucks a month for. God damn. One of the things that he does in this university is, and he's got 106,000 subscribers, is these people get paid for affiliates. They get affiliate link traffic. So he basically, they get paid a commission off of growing. It's almost like an MLM kind of thing with it. So they get paid to grow his image and his brand and grow his empire. And uh -huh. the, the affiliates they refer in, I believe, to Hustler University. Yeah. And there's a lot of people, there, there are absolute, like, diehard fans of what he's doing there. People were accusing him of being a scammer. I think it was Baller Busters or somebody else that I looked at their, their page and they were defending him saying like, look, okay, if there's a scammer, if he's a scammer, somebody point to a scam. Like, how did he rip somebody off? Right. And the proponents of his university are like, well, we don't, we like it. It would yeah. rip us off. Yeah. So nobody's come forward and said that we've been ripped off, number one. And number two, all these people, 106,000 people are now driving traffic his way through real accounts and creating accounts for him and fan page accounts. And it's now this massive volume of free traffic. Right. I mean, call me stupid yeah that and the old guy old. the old guy in the room right Geriatric. that just this really just i don't know it scares me for like the younger demographic why right because it's like you they they see stuff like this and how do you get through to them that this is not like the way you should be conducting yourself okay right let's pause that and, and i'm gonna play devil's advocate here i'm not okay. i'm not co-signing i'm okay. just playing the other side of this okay people are call, calling him a misogynist yeah. People are calling him um, abusive in some ways, right? He's yeah. addressed every single one of these things uh, in, in direct conversations. And I've seen a lot of quotes from him and a lot of things that people are saying about him. But all the things I've seen him say, he's so he said that he got accused of human trafficking because um, I want to make sure I, I quote this right because I only saw a couple minutes of it. But basically, there was a girl at his house for a party that he threw and her boyfriend called from the U.S. And he said, she said to him that I'm stuck here. I can't leave because she... Her own issues with her boyfriend. Right. Party's over. Everybody leaves. Uh, or some people leave. Some people are still there. That guy winds up getting in trust with the police in Romania. They raid his house. Okay. There's pictures of him in handcuffs. Never got arrested. Never got charged. He explained the whole thing. The girl actually explained the whole thing later on. They didn't get any charges brought against them. Okay. But the rhetoric is, is now they're human trafficking. And people can't leave their house. Yeah. So social media can be, in news in general, can be very manipulative. Right. That's not some new. of the things he's saying, huh? That's not, not new. new. Some yeah. of the things he's saying are absolutely great. He's talking about women being his property, and if they're on OnlyFans, that's he the stuff have that that's the stuff that I don't like, right? And it's, I mean, he's he's speaking to to create this outrage, right? Yes, and that's what draws eyeballs and attention. And the whole his whole purpose is like to stay relevant. Okay, what can but, I do to stay relevant? If, if that outrages so many people, mm -hmm. stop attacking the man and giving him free PR. Yeah, you got to start be, you gotta teaching be smart people, enough. right? about this shit that's wrong and I, I, this is not advice that i'm giving out that i don't take myself the yeah. whole reason i have a social media platform yeah was because i got tired of people ripping off people with these stupid ass courses who were give, who are charging people for information you can get for free who do right. not have the, the professional pedigree or, or resume that i do right who are qualified to do that and i thought i'm gonna give it away for free yeah 
I'm not even going to reference them other than Dave Ramsey because he sucks. But I'm not even going to reference them. Right. And I'm just going to say, I'm not, I'm not going to go to war with them. I'm just going to tell people this is the right way to do it. And hopefully if they can spread the message that this guy has a resume, he's credible, he's not selling anything, there's no financial motivation to this, he's helped. Go do that. Right. You, otherwise, you're giving somebody free PR. And people forget these wars. Mm-hmm. We talked about Kanye and, and his beefs with Drake. Yeah, it's all fake, both, yeah. Both while albums are coming out. And in order to tell who's got a better album, you have to listen to both albums. Exactly. So everybody's engaging this dude online by fighting with him or, you know, quoting and commenting on him. You guys are all doing this for clicks just as much as he's doing what he's doing for right. clicks. And then how much is he getting paid to do appearances on other podcasts, to do interviews? I mean, at the end of the day, he's turning. I don't turn, know if he's getting he's, paid for he's that. He's turning, not, but yeah. we don't know. But I mean, he, he you can see how he can now turn these eyeballs into a business. Oh, 1,000%. Well, and right. then, I mean, if he has 106,000 users now and he's just starting to get traction. Yeah. I mean, forget the, even the the Hustler Academy, whatever you Hustler call University, it. Yeah. Hustler University. I mean, forget that. I mean, just all the different ways he could spin off this. And I don't know. It scares me, basically, for the younger generation coming up. You know, it's like, how can I, like, become someone like this? What outrageous thing can I do? My you buddy I mean? Matt, uh, he's a TikTok kind of phenom really he's really grown to a huge following and and social media has kind of been his full-time job now he does a lot of these quick financial tips okay he actually subscribed to the hustle university and then made some commentary about it on his tiktok channel saying let me save you a bunch of money it's complete waste and it's a lot of different things and he kind of explained it and he said there's no value here right like don't subscribe i did i did it for you i did it for you just so i can tell you that i don't think there's any value in here and because he's somebody in the financial space I thought of all messages, that one was probably a little bit more credible mm-hmm. in that he's saying that I did it. Here's what you're going to see. If there's something you want value in, go do it. But for me, no value. Yeah, but someone like that also needs like a, a following that's filled with the type of people that would even go to that academy. Yeah, and I guess the other question that I have for most people is, is like, there will always be people in society who, who are attracted to things that, that are this stigmatizing, right? Yeah. That's why cults are a thing. Exactly. Some would argue that's why some religions are like that. Well, I, everything, I, at the end of the day, most people are tribal. You know, you're either... Ooh, tribal. Yeah, people are tribal. People are tribal either about their religion, people are tribal about the community that they live in, people are tribal about the sports team that they love. Yeah. I mean, in one I mean, way I know or some all, people are tribal about their body hair. I mean, right, I exactly. I, exactly. So, I like, mean... You're um, part of your gang, I'm part of my gang. Gang gang. Hairless, bro. Right. Life. <laughs> but yeah i mean i i get that and um i don't know that stuff that stuff worries me as like a parent raising two kids now in this day and age the job's not getting you really think your son's gonna come home one day and be like dad i heard andrew tate on the radio and i don't respect women no no but i mean look this is where it's at now where's where are things gonna be by the time he's a teenager you know i gave you a full wide open kick in the ding ding with the radio comment you didn't take it good for you what yeah Good for you. Yeah, I heard this on the radio. Yeah. How old are you? Yeah, how old are you? When was the last time you listened to the radio? Uh, it's been a long time, man. Has it been a long time? Yeah. The last thing I even listened to on the radio, though, was like NPR back in the day. But Damn, you, yeah. don't, do, don't do that. Don't, yeah. don't, don't, don't give me that. Yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll take that. And I'll, yeah. yeah, but I'll I'm just you. saying, that's, that, that, that was the last of it. Outside of that, I never really listened to the radio like that. I mean, mm-hmm. when I was a kid going to school. You're know, like 40 years ago? Yeah, I'm a lot younger than that, baby. <laughs> a little bit younger than me, yeah. All right, well, look, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, but I thought it was a valuable thing to talk about in that it, it's, it speaks to the same type of mentality that so much of what we're trying to do here is. I want people, Saeed wants people to 
to look at things objectively and use a little bit of critical thinking. We cite these articles, we give you the names of people, we try to give you the data sources for you to go look up. And I hope you do that homework on your own or something really makes you curious. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, you've got to really take everything with a grain of salt. And this is not a conspiracy theory position. It's just you have to understand that there are details that matter that a lot of people leave out in communications because a headline is easier to sell. Right. Inflation going from 9.1% down to 8.5%. Yeah. Is a whole lot sexier of a headline of saying, well, inflation went down. But it effectively hasn't changed because oil prices have gone down. And here's what we know about oil, oil prices and how, here's how they infect, impact inflation. You start explaining things. People go, ah, it's whatever. I don't, right. I don't care. Yeah. And that's, that's, not, that's not the purpose of, of what we're doing here. And part of my frustration with people like the Fed, like the White House, who are trying to say that we're not in a recession and we're not, uh, we're not in these bad times that we feel like we're in, is there's a lot of reasons why the white house could say that mm -hmm. if you're trying to pass an inflation reduction act right exactly if you're the fed and you knew that inflation was rising month after month quarter after quarter for two years yeah and you did nothing about it it is not in your best interest to say hey by the way we're now in a recessionary economy yeah exactly so i, I think people forget that there are clear and easy logical reasons for people to have a slant to what they say mm -hmm. and i don't think that tate is that different I know that he's saying a lot more harsh things and it's, it's, it's much more um, flagrant. Right. But it's sensationalism. It's sensationalism. But that's an extreme example of the things that we see every day and turn a blind eye to. Yeah. I mean, and to go back on your point about people just reading the headlines, this has all been factored in when with all these social media apps and just anything in general, people need that instant gratification. So if they want to know how the economy is doing, they need that instant gratification to read the headline, move on, instead of doing some of the homework themselves that we preach that they should do, or just listen to the higher standard and get you all your information. Mm, that's how you wrap a show up, kids, right there, site 101. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. Pow, pow. <laughs> pow, pow. Can I do it better than you, though? Go for it. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're in the car and you're driving, don't do this. But if you're on your mobile device somewhere and you're thinking to yourself like, wow, this show was fun. I can't believe listened all the way to the end. Good. We thank you for it. Now, leave a five-star review. We're at 97. We need a hundo. Right. We need that hundo. We need the hundo. We need six figures. Yeah. I don't I'm know. Sorry. How are I'm we sorry. not there? I mean, we only <laughs> I got- I was thinking about sponsorship already. <laughs> <laughs> We're poor. Help yeah, yeah. Help us. <laughs> as long as we don't make less than 200,000, though. Right. So, you know, the IRS is coming for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we just lost one of our five followers. Good job, Sai. Way to be offensive. All right, everybody. We'll catch you next week. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you are listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase what's possible when leaders decide to uphold a higher standard for their businesses, their investments, their families, and most importantly, themselves. If you want to see more of my content, I post daily on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. So be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platform. And with that, it is a wrap. And as always, I look forward to hanging with you all on the next episode.